0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, World Cup wrap-up episode three. I'm Doma, going to have a special guest joining me tonight, actually, and we're going to cover the games from last night in Group D and Group C. So we have Argentina and Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland, Denmark, Tunisia, and France versus Australia. So we will definitely get into that. I'm just going to send an invite out. See if the great man's going to jump in. And then we can get the show on the road.
1: Here he is. Let's, go. Let's get down by road at the moment. He's back, mate.
0: Where have you been? Everyone misses you.
1: You're back. I've been around, I've been around, I've, I've never left.
0: Everyone thinks, yeah. uh, I, I think people got worried, they thought you disappeared, mate, obviously, because Italy is not involved in this World Cup, you cracked the sads, you've seen enough, and you just said, bugger this for a joke, I'm not watching any World Cup before.
1: It's true, it's true, but um, I'm an official Aussie now, I've, I've never been this into the Aussie team in a while. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, all in, I'm all in the barrel I like it, I like it I'll get your uh,
0: Initially uh, Your take on the World Cup so far Just some thoughts on some games You can talk about any games really That you've seen up to date And then we'll get to uh, Last night's last Morning's matchups
1: Yeah, I, I didn't watch the, the First game um, The games that I watched was the Argentina one uh, obviously the Australian game and what else? Watched a bit of the um, the Poland-Mexico game, which I thought was, was quite interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, as a World Cup, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling the same vibes as, as I did in previous World Cups, not just because Italy's not in it, but... Um, I don't know. Like the VAR calls is, is quite frustrating. The um the extended extra time, which seems like every game is going into eight minutes of extra time. Um, so things like that is is a little bit up there. But um, in saying that, some good success stories like the Saudi Arabia one, like that's that's unreal. That's what the World Cup's all about. So yeah, definitely. See.
0: The extra time thing has been clarified. Um. The reason why it's happening is every stoppage, whether it be someone dives, rolls on the floor, the ref actually takes into account every second of that stoppage. So it's to avoid players falling onto the ground to waste time because they're pretty much just saying, well, if you waste time, we're actually gonna add, yeah, add the actual time you've wasted at the end. So the opportunity for you to lose the game by prolonging it, you're drawn or, you know, like Saudi Arabia last night, 2-1. Yeah, it puts you in a bit of jeopardy. So I do want to say, it does make sense. And it just shows how much extra time actually does get left off. Um, yeah. It comes to a normal soccer game, we could play an extra five minutes. It could be 120 minutes every game, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, We'll start with the two draws: uh, Denmark, Tunisia, uh, in Group D. And uh, oh no, Tunisia looked the better side of the two. Uh, have a look at this: uh, they had all the all the play. Denmark picked it up in the second half. Missed an open header uh, off a corner. Uh, he went ahead of the ball and it skimmed the right head of his po- of, of his head uh, off Christiansen. And then hit the hit the post. Hit the post, yeah. Unreal. Unreal. So uh
1: hold the post. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> drive back <from> Italy. <laughs> I'm just copying at the moment. But don't don't get me started on we're gonna have a separate conversation about um, some of the teams in this World Cup and, and how Italy's more deserving, but we'll we'll talk about that another time. Um mate. Tunisia looked like the, the stronger team, absolutely, um, and it was probably a good result for Australia because you know it's kind of the way we needed it to go in order to have any chance of, of progressing. Um, in saying that, it looked like Denmark eventually got their act together towards the end and, and really almost almost got it across the line. I don't know how it did it. Ericsson had a had a couple of good good shots as well, but it was probably the correct result once all said and done. Definitely. Yeah, they they controlled position in the second half. They had
0: uh, more shots on target. They had all the stats in their favour. They just could have put it away. Well, either team could have. A fair few goals in this game that were scored and disallowed because of uh, the offside rule where they VAR for the linesmen. So, uh, a draw there. It puts them, obviously, in spot two and three because uh, we had... France this morning after a great start. Uh, It was 18 minutes of heaven. Uh, Craig Goodwin scored in the ninth minute for Australia, put us up one mil. Uh, There's a comment in here from an injury that said, I feel like Dom's happy Australia lost. No, I'm not happy Australia lost. But it was a harsh reality of how far Australian football is compared to European football and a team of the caliber of France that have enough, enough depth to probably put a B team in the World Cup and be ultra competitive with their second team. So they get the job done, 4-1, Rabiot equalised in the 27th, Giroud 32nd minute, Mbappe uh, in the 68th, and Giroud again in the 71st. So your thoughts uh, while you now onto on to the Australian uh support team
1: oh look I think you're you're absolutely right I mean I think we're lucky with each one of those 18 minutes that, that you're referring to because um, I didn't even expect that to be could to be quite honest with you that that cross by Lecky and the and the goal was was absolutely amazing but that's kind of what you need the whole game, and Australia just are not the team to type of pro- to produce that against France at a bare minimum. If, if you just look at the starting eleven, the teams that the Australian players play for versus the teams that the the French do, and who they're actually bringing off the bench, Kingsley Coman, who's played for Bayern Munich for since two thousand seventeen, like we're talking some some serious serious players, and, and I was surprised that. You know, France was actually not putting that much pressure on the, the start of the game. And I think against whoever you play, even if it is a, a massive discrepancy, you've got to suffer somewhat. The other team's going to have some some level of ball and, and Australia capitalised on it. But once um, Theo Hernandez came on and you've got the two flanks with Mbappe and, uh, and Theo on, on, on the sides, it's like, uh, all of a sudden, things have just opened up for them, and, and just the Aussies just couldn't contain it. As soon as there was a bit of a donkey touch here and there, they were onto it and just put it away. And um, yeah, massive, massive discrepancy between the two sides. It's just, it's a bit of an indictment on um, on Australian football, not able to, to produce good talent. I can talk all day about Australia having, or soccer being the, the largest participation for young kids and not being able to produce that into anything. It's it's a bit crap at the moment, but well hopefully the uh likes of
0: figures such as Harry Kewell, who's under the tutelage of Postecoglou, Celtic, and of course Kevin Musket who's over in Japan uh, who won the J League. Hopefully those three key figures in Australian football when they touch back down in Australia and say, I've done my time. They walk straight into FA, Football Australia, not fuck all, because that's pretty much what they're doing for the system So in Australia. So they walk into Football Australia and they say, we're in charge, and they just boot everyone out of there and just do a mass clean-out. Because unless... until well, not unless. Until our grassroots, grassroots football in this country is playing some sort of style that he's taught at a young age like it's done in European and South American football we are so far off of it I literally just got a message while we've been on this live from a mate who's over in uh, Qatar and he just said to me the gulf between France and Australia is enormous like and that's a guy that's there watching it live and yeah
1: it's it's a worry, and this person's involved in football, so we're getting we're getting really excited over um, Quol. I think his name is. Um, he, he didn't even get near it. He didn't get near it at all. Um, but he's still a young kid. You he's still say, young. But pl- players like that, um, I'm, I'm not going to be presumptuous, or I'll try not to be not, not racist or anything like that. What I'm saying is that it costs $3,000 to play in the NPL for young kids you know, coming through the ranks. Um, football is, is made from kids who are trying to make a better life for themselves. They put so much effort into, into um, becoming better. You look at that France squad... Pretty sure a lot of those players have come from humble upbringings and they've just been fighting all the way through and going through a system where I can't remember when they didn't make the World Cup, France, and they completely revolutionised their whole way of doing things. And I think Australia needs needs to not make some World Cups. I think that's what needs to happen. I think the worst thing that could have happened is we made this World Cup to make us feel like we're doing something good. We need to not make the World Cup, take a good, hard look at ourselves, look at our system. And build it up from the ground up and have a look at is it worth pricing out all these young kids who could become really great players for our our national team because we're we're so concerned about money um or should we be able to kind of work out a way that we can we can fund it um otherwise it, we're just going to have the same results if you keep doing the same things
0: i completely agree, and. Uh... One person that I like to always refer to the sto- his story, and he's come out and uh, shared that he's obviously at, coming across to Manchester United, Anthony, who grew up in the favelas in Brazil, pretty much has, he didn't know if he was going to be alive day to day, like he didn't know the next morning if he was going to be killed because of the gangs and just he was fighting for his life and football was his escape and. Um, he had a troubled upbringing, and football like provided that opportunity. And I agree with you. Unfortunately, it's got that staple of a rich, rich person's uh, sport at the junior level, um, and the framework just to charge kids such a high premium to fund their senior teams uh, is not the way forward into promoting and building a strong um, I don't know, pathway here in Australia. But anyway, I agree with you, uh, as harsh as that sounds, and people might say we hate on Australia and we don't want them to do well. I want them to do the best that they can, but we're so far off of it, and I agree with you. Why participate in something when you're going to get slapped you can't even compete this is not 2006 anymore no absolutely 90% not 90 percent of the team is playing internationally
1: at a high level in yeah. the best in the world so that's and, uh Andrew probably probably won't even want to help Australian football after what they did to him to be honest yes, that's, that's fair
0: enough they enjoy burning bridges um as you know, it's good to have you on. His Christian Volpato is one of those up-and-coming kids that apparently wasn't good enough to play in the A-League, was never good enough to play for Australia. and you got an Italian legend, uh, Francesco Totti, identifying him as a future talent of world football and giving him the opportunity at Roma. And come leaps and bounds and then... You get all these social media posts in the lead-up to the World Cup that the 17-year-old or 18-year-old or has decided not to play for Australia. Well, he wanted to play for Australia, and you booted him out like you've done with everyone else, and then you expect them all to just crawl back to you. So,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the major thing that was coming out of that was... Uh, you you'd play in a World Cup now versus maybe making a World Cup in, in the future, but I mean, it's really like, is this is this the team that you want to be part of? You're going to get two touches of the ball. I get it, like you're playing in a World Cup and that's to your name, but you know, imagine making that World Cup for you. Imagine the motivation that would come from that if you've uh, made Growing up watching the Italian team all your life, and then being competitive, and versus just being a, a participant for a team that has pretty much left you in the dust, that you've had to, you know, work it out yourselves, go overseas, go through a new system, and really fight. Why would you? Why would you play for Australia? It's just, it just—it seems like a ridiculous argument. It seems like a ridiculous argument. Um, yeah, and and. Um, and let's be realistic,
0: you're pissed off at a kid, like people, whether you're a fan of football or not, you're just being fed this story, shoved down your throat that this kid's abandoned his country uh, without any background information on the topic. And the key piece of evidence, well, the key part of the story that's been left out is that the coach of the Socceroos is the key figure that actually mentioned... Well, said to Christian that he wasn't good enough.
1: So, yeah, Manuel's calling him in the final hours of selecting his team, trying to get him over across the line. It's too late, mate. Like, where was this? The whole qualifying? Yes. Where Where were you, mate? Where were the phone calls? And you know then why? you're going to stop with saying no at the 11th hour when he's never played a second with this team. And you're going to have your first minutes in the World Cup. I'm telling the kids stuff. Is this for real? Is this the way we're running football in this country? It's like we're begging people in the last second? You, yeah. have, you didn't realise that your team is shit and you need to choose a kid who has played a couple of starts for Roma? Is, is this for real? This is what we're dealing with here? This is going to be
0: fine. Serious. It is what, <laughs> is what we're dealing with because you know what? They turned on the television one morning and they had KO and they were watching City A football one of the best leagues in the world, as we know. And Roma, they, they caught wind. They caught wind that he was... I'm telling you, they would have caught wind Christian's going to come on for Roma and he's going to play. And they watched the game that he played really, really well when he scored in. And then they went, oh, shit, you know, that, that'd that be a good play to use in our World Cup team, considering we've picked players that haven't been playing, that are underdone, that are injured, coming back from injury. It's just... Yeah, if the selections for some of the stuff was was terrible. But like Tilio doesn't get picked, and because of an injury, they bring Tilio in. And I think Tilio, in my opinion, he shows a bit of promise as a as a footballer in Australia. And if you see a kid with a lot of skill and promise not getting selected, but you're selecting someone that is underdone, and then in typical Australian fashion, you have this this token token footballer, the, the cum dog, that's going to save you and kick your goals. As soon as you've got a token footballer like that, you've got no hope. You just the maverick. The maverick. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have been Andrew. We have been talking about Volpato, and
1: uh,
0: Dan was getting fired up.
1: It was nowhere to see. Nowhere to be seen the come dog. We've we've uh, we've made that big sacrifice for, for absolutely nothing from what looks like he was he was hopeless, okay.
0: Absolutely hopeless. And everyone's gene up, put him on, put I, I honestly would have preferred they played Mabil and Qual early, yeah. like we mentioned earlier, to get some game time and some experience, not yeah, you know, three one down and the game is finished. Let them play. Let them show what they've got. They've got a lot more than uh, a bunch of uh, soccer roos that are on the squad already. So anyway, it is what it is. I understand it's their first World Cup, but it's also the first World Cup for a lot of other players in that team. So they can't really use that as an excuse. Anyway, if you have any questions, hit the question mark button and drop them down there try and get to them. Uh, let's move on to the group. B games, Mexico and Poland. I'll uh, we'll smash through this one. Uh, Mexico had more of the ball, more of the opportunity, uh, but the biggest opportunity came to Poland off a VAR decision uh, to Robert Lewandowski off a penalty, which Kolar, who just comes in World Cups, to City goals from Mexico, he's a machine. He's the old hero of the Mexican national football team, and he made a huge save. Uh, and they've drawn. They've literally drawn it. The- they picked up one point more than the other team that lost in what was one of the biggest upsets uh, I've seen in a very long time, if not ever seen in a World Cup, and that was uh, Saudi Arabia against all odds with their 50% percent, uh, possession, 370 less passes, uh, 12 less shots, 4 less shots on target, uh, defeating Argentina two one, unbelievable scenes. Uh, I was speechless. Uh, we lo- we watched party this last night. Saucy and I. I was losing the plot when they equalised, and when equally is crazy. When um, Alda, I'll try and say uh kicked the goal to oh, get God. them in front. What no, a goal. It was an epic goal. So your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, I'm going to try and be as impartial as possible. Yeah, firstly, Ochoa. Like, who does that guy play for, Ochoa? Like, the only time I see that guy is like every World Cup and he, he just performs. It's unreal. It's good to see. Oh. Um, but the the Saudi Arabia game, I mean, I, I don't know. This, this Argentina team... They they didn't really impress me all that much. I I, I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. It's like they were... They had a lot of possession. They had a lot of passing. But they weren't doing a lot with it. And with the players that that they've got, I was was expecting a lot more. But yes, there were a lot of offside goals. And um, they were really, really close really close so i mean we could have been having a completely different conversation now but they seem to get frustrated they seem to like answers and um it just seemed like for whatever reason saudi arabia actually wanted it more. um that's kind of the vibe i, I i've got they were making a lot of lateral passes uh, side to side they went really penetrating all that much and, and when you've got what like, Martinez and, uh, and Di Maria and Messi. I mean, you expect so much more from them, but they just, they seem to get to the other half of the pitch and, and just run out of answers after a while. They seem to just get frustrated with all the offsides that they were copying, and um, I don't know, they just capitulated. I'm going to say the other team
0: wanted it all. Are you reading into the conspiracy theory that they lost the game so they can finish second in the group and avoid?
1: I am a bit actually if you look at the last World Cup that um, Argentina won they lost it so I'm not entirely that they're a bad, a bad team based on, on one loss even if it was against Saudi Arabia they've got plenty of time in the tournament I've seen I've seen Italy be able to come back from that and win the tournament. Argentina obviously did it as well. So this could be the, the bit of a slap in the face that they needed, but mate, I would not be surprised. They're on the opposite group to to Brazil now if they finish second. And if they, they get to the final Argentina Brazil, that'd be that'd be a pretty epic game, say what. The only interesting well the
0: difficult thing for Argentina fans this morning and Argentina themselves is that the leader of the three opposition, Saudi Arabia is the one that beat them and they're gonna have I think a much more well they should have a much more difficult time against Mexico and Poland than against Saudi Arabia, especially in terms of attacking threat, uh, and counter
1: attacking threat. So I don't know. Uh, against teams like that you're, you've actually got a little bit more space than you would against Saudi Arabia. So they probably. I wouldn't put them out of the woods yet if, if that's the case, but who knows, mate. There's always one big out in the, in the group stages. Could be that. Could be that. Could be messy. Could be gone. I um, genuinely thought that the,
0: uh, the ball that fell to him in the first, uh, I think in the third minute, that uh, was saved. I genuinely thought that he's bread and butter. In the, like, when he just ran from the outside of the box, left foot, save, I'll be honest, got gifted. Argentine, I'm not saying Messi got gifted the penalty. He had to put it in the back. I'm just saying Argentina um after After two games prior to this one with the exact same thing happening, um, the ref just
1: had to try and they let it go and, They just moved on. He's He's, he's absolutely not the same player as he he used to be. Um, My brother was watching PSG and uh, and Juventus over in in Turin a few weeks back, and he he was kind of watching him off the ball and just just seemed like lethargic somewhat. Um, And that's kind of what I got from him as well. He'd be more more ruthless on the ball. Actually, he would smash that every day of the week, back of the net. Thank you very much. And running that play is a lot more. He seems to be passing it a lot more than you than used to, but he might come into it the, the more that the World Cup comes, you know, goes on. It's his last World Cup. How much yeah, more motivation do you Exactly right. I think uh, they will be okay, but one little bit of concern
0: that I saw in that side, in that Messi was tearing that game apart um, in the first half, second half drop off yeah. a lot, but the first goal that, so the Eagles they played it square into the middle, he yeah. went to turn, Saudi Arabia decided to put two players on him, it was the first time they dispossessed him, literally in the second circle, as soon as they dispossessed him, Argentina, literally, their thought process was, he's got the ball, so they had everyone advance past uh, halfway, ready to attack. back. So as soon as he got dispossessed, the two centre-backs, and they played ball got to be confused and they got the equaliser out of it. I think they just need to be conscious that, like, that he's, not, he's not finished, by well, He's still a great player, but he's not what he was five years ago. Definitely not what he was five years ago, where he probably rips those two guys and then plays ball you've ever seen in your life and uh it gets, so interesting times they play mexico next i'm pretty sure that is on sunday morning i'm pretty sure that game's on so we'll cover that when it, it, it's on its way to being played so let's get to the games uh tonight so the first one group f morocco versus croatia your prediction on this one
1: dan I heard Morocco is a half decent team. um they got, they got uh, him is in this team as well. Yeah, yeah. I I heard that they're they're a very good team, but so is Croatia, and they should get the job done in, in my opinion. But I don't think it would be a high scoring game. It could be like a one or one nil or a two one. I can definitely see that.
0: Yeah, I'm going 1-0 in this one. The next one is a bit more difficult than what people might think. Japan obviously made it pretty far into the last World Cup. Uh, they made it to the, the knockout phase. They played Germany at midnight. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Oh,
1: uh, mate. Japan football is actually... Been on the rise. It's really exciting to watch, and I've just be paying a little bit more attention to it with uh, Ange and, and Kev uh, going over there and, and winning the league back to back. Actually, they've they've got some good players. They're probably good good team rather than good individuals. I think, but I do think Germany's is, has got too much quality to to allow you know them to lose. So I think. I think that they'll come up on top, probably a 2-0, Germany. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Germany 2-0 uh, as well.
0: Uh, following that, the second group E game is Spain versus Costa Rica. So we get to see Pedri and Garvey and Fati lace up in their first ever World Cup game. So are you excited for this one, the, the young kids? I
1: am. I know a lot of the uh, the card people, but a lot of, a lot of the hobby is going to be watching that game, hoping, clinging onto their cards, and and hoping for some good performances so they can chuck it up on eBay and and maybe recruit some of their their initial costs. I think, <laughs> especially the World Cup prison if they got in early. Yeah, um, yeah look, I mean, I'm really excited to see that. I, I love watching um, exciting talent as they emerge. Um, I've seen, seen Messi since since day one 2006 World Cup and, and watch him grow and, you know you, you can see that that's the type of players obviously different positions and different style of play um, but the type of talent that we're seeing emerge seeing them all play on the same team is, is going to be exciting um, they should get the result I don't know I wasn't overly impressed with them in, in the Euros last year so I don't know how far that they'll go but obviously they've, they're, they're a year removed from that so yeah um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be quite interesting. Do, do they have a, a central striker that they can really pin their hopes on? That's not named Morata. Oh, I was gonna say
0: they got Morata. Well, they got <laughs> yeah, they got Ferran Torres and is it in Danny Olmo? They're the other two, but that's it's the one thing Murata that Morata one. Your yeah. boy. So, My boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. That's what I'm not confident about with that. Um, yep. uh And then the last game, game in Group F, which is in the Morocco and Croatia group, is Belgium versus Qatar tomorrow morning at six a.m. Versus
1: who? Sorry. Canada. I mean, Belgium should shit it in. In all honesty, I mean, did, who? Who's Canada got besides Alfonso Davies? Have they got anything half decent? Probably Justin
0: Trudeau.
1: I don't know. They're, 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 I fucking know. But lack of freedom um, with all his his interesting policies that he put through the, the COVID, the truckers. Um, yeah, I mean, Belgium should should absolutely smash them. I, I don't rate. I, I don't really rate Canada or America much at all, to be honest. So.
0: Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Any last comments? The finish up. Uh, you don't want to talk about my boy uh, at all. Uh, anyone else? By all means, you can you can ask me anything. You're probably going to feature on this show uh, more frequently anyway. But you can keep it for another night after.
1: Let's have a chat because he's he's um, the the they've parted ways. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Uh,
0: officially, this morning. Stop terminated. He's a free agent.
1: So, well, What are your thoughts now, now that it's kind of come to an end?
0: Alright, so I'll give you my initial thoughts on on the whole situation now in terms of like how it will work for Ronaldo. He didn't have suitors I believe, yeah. I believe he didn't have suitors because of um, the contract he had with United and the way that he would have had deal with United playing, paying some salary. There was a lot of technicality within the contract. So, to pay a guy half a million dollars a week is a lot of money. So, for for that now to be terminated and for him to be a free agent, I think he becomes a lot more appealing to the Champions League side as a pickup up because um, it's on their terms. It's not on Manchester United's. So I think it becomes more appealing. The word on the street is that he's going to be looked at by Florentino Perez and Real Madrid because of the injury to Karim Benzema. So as a replacement there. Uh, Whether that happens and his reunion back at Madrid goes ahead, who knows? Um, But personally, I think that all the pundits... Um, that have ridden him off and said that he's done and he's finished. I just have this feeling that they're going to be eating words no matter which team he goes to uh, in the, at the top, whether it be Madrid or going back to Italy. I, I don't know. I just think they're going to eat their words and they're going to regret saying things like, you should just hang him up and he's done. I, I don't believe his drop off. Dan, no, honestly, I don't believe his drop off is player of the, of the league in the Premier League in that one of the hardest leagues on in 2021 to you're out the door and you should not be playing world football anymore. Literally eight to 12 months later, I I, I don't know if that's I can't. Bring myself to see it that way, or it's I just I just believe Ronaldo had ulterior motives to get it out get out of that football club. Uh, he saw things in there, and then he tried to make it make it. Obviously, him bigger than the football club. But in in saying that, people saying that he's not bigger than the football club. Do they eat their words at the same time? Because he's outed everyone and anyone involved with that football club in management and the Glazers have listed the club for sale literally a week after he's done that interview flaming absolutely everybody, saying that it's actually a shambles and the club is so far behind that they're not going to win anything in the next 5 to 10 years. So, I don't know. Read the lines as you will. I still think he's got a couple more years left and I do believe, I do believe that he probably isn't at the starter role that he thinks in every game. I do think he he can start some games, but others he has to come off the bench and play that poacher, finisher-type role
1: just to deal a few games. That, that is my honest opinion on Ronaldo at the moment. Look, if he's forced his way out and he ends up on Real Madrid then he's won, right? He, before he even kicks a ball. Done. He has moved from Real Madrid. Sorry, moved from um, Manchester United to Real Madrid. We're talking night and day here in terms of where the clubs are at the moment. Um, I would not be surprised if, if that happens. Um, and uh, th- th- there's a few ways we, we can kind of go with this, this conversation, um we could probably be here for about three hours with it. He, and I, I did say to you at the very start, he'll, he'll absolutely kill it for United. However, you guys won't win anything, right? Because of the way that you have to revolve your whole team around him, um, he w- will kind of force the ball to him which will take other players out of it. It will, it will stunt their growth, et cetera, et cetera. And it's pretty much exactly what happened in the first year. And, and it seemed like, um, you know, you brought in coaches that want to try to get away from that. But if he's trying to leave and you guys weren't going to utilize him in a starting capacity, and that's clearly what he wanted, you can't have a player like that on the bench, pissy. And essentially that kind of, Force that to happen, and he's he's kind of just put him in a position where they had no option but to part ways. And and if he ends up on Real Madrid, then that'll be excellent, but I think it's just a short-term fix. Real Madrid will have him at the end of this season and replace Benzema, but they're not going to keep him going forward like that, so he would probably have to be a contract to the end of this year, then he, he kind of has one last run in the Champions League and then goes off to sporting or something like that, which I I think would be a brilliant end to, end to his career. I I, don't, I agree with you. I, I don't see how this, this massive drop-off um, and whether he's a starter or not really just depends on what team he goes to. So I could see him, Real Madrid, being an asset during this period, but long-term, he wouldn't be able to start on that team. He'd have to go somewhere else. And it's just, you know, whether he wants to be competitive and win Champions League and things like that... Um, or he wants to be a starter and, and just continue his career uh, at the highest possible level that he can start at. So he, he kind of really just needs to have a look at himself and, and make the decision. I'm sure he has already um, because we're, we're talking about uh, an elite player. And we're talking about elite amount of money as well that, that we're talking about. So it's, it, it, it's an interesting one. It's a, it's a very, very interesting one. I, I don't, I don't think he's finished. He can definitely contribute at that age. You, you don't, you don't score away all of those goals for, for nothing, um, and and mate, going to going to United from Juventus, to me was was just a sideways move. You know, he left Juventus because they weren't going to be competitive in Champions League. At least that's what he was saying. But with Manchester United really going to be that competitive in Champions well, League, you should have known that. Well, he thought.
0: Uh... <laughs> Because we we're playing in the Champions League at the time, he thought um, what was going to happen was we were going to qualify in the top. 4 He'd be able to carry us, which he did in Champions League. I, I can't, I don't care what anyone says, and I I agree with you. We did play through him, and it did stunt a few players' growth. I, I get that, but some of those players too you know, have give, been given that opportunity where because he hasn't been playing and. One of them, I think, because he played in that Dortmund side, potentially could be one of the most overrated players. As you've mentioned yeah. in the past, a lot of players that play in that Dortmund side for are sure. overrated because they play in an inferior football league where it's dominated by two teams. So it's easy for Sancho to look good when he's given the ball to Haaland. So, yeah,
1: like, that's my opinion. Um Yeah, but we I mean we see Rashford fall off an absolute cliff. Um
0: But Rashford Rashford's been good like um this year. He's just he just can't finish the ball. He genuinely just can't finish the ball. Uh, and I understand yeah, he comes off for England against Iran and he kicks a goal in a minute and a half, but I expect him to come on and scream it. Yeah like that means nothing. And Harry Maguire this and like these guys are no good. Like, Rashford's good, but Harry Maguire's no good. So, yeah, I don't know. But Ronaldo, I'm with you. I think it's a temporary mix. Um, at this point in time, as a finisher, unless he gets back to that United form of last year, I'm not picking him over <laughs> the current Ballon d'Or winner, current Benzema. Yes, yeah. so. But like you said, he wins 100%. He goes into a side with young talent and prospects and a fine old machine going nuts. And I'm pretty sure that Casemiro would be pretty cut if he does go back to Real Madrid after coming to United and going, oh, I've come to join my mate and
1: uh, he's gone back to the old stomping ground. So, I don't know. He's done that twice. He, he did that to delete as well, and uh, and left, left him at Juventus. Is is um, yeah. It's it, if you're a big club, I I don't see why you would take Ronaldo unless it's for ticket sales and and, and shirt sales. It's, it's a marketing boy, um, and and you're not really content on on winning anything, unless he's accepted a role. And he's, he's comfortable coming off the bench and, and playing that role. Because really, I, I, how much can you rely on him to, to kind of score goals? Basically, when he was at Juventus, we were relying on him so much. And he would when he's on, he'll win us games. Absolutely. And I think you, you felt that as well at, at United. He'll absolutely win you games. But when he's not on, you just you've got no answers, your whole team doesn't have any answers. And I know it's hard to put it all down to him, but just the way that he's playing, he plays at the moment. He's not on the wing anymore, passing defenders, anything like that. You have to play through him. That's that's he's, kind of what he forces you to do.
0: His you know? all use like in terms of passing has been great for yeah. United. Like I know that he hasn't been doing what he's been doing last season this year. But it's been fantastic. And he's actually put us in a lot of positions to actually score. It's just no one's been able to finish the thing. It's become so frustrating. Um, but it is what it is for him. I, I, I still think he... Like you said, I think he has a big role to play in a football club because... But not in that starting position. I, I always just think to myself, just imagine the game's on the line and you're bringing Ronaldo off the bench, fully fit to potentially steal the game, that would instill fear into any opposition. It doesn't matter how old you think he is if you think he's finished. This is the type of guy that can win you the game. He's playing at an old age uh, at a high level. His body's breaking down now, but he still does it at a high level. We saw Maldini play to a, an old age. I understand completely different um, position, taxing in different ways as a defender as it is to an more of an attacking player in Ronaldo. But it can be done. It can be done at a high level. Uh, but I just—it's I, probably because, like I said to you, I just come can't, can't come to terms with it. But I just can't see how far a cliff drop. In eight to twelve months, like that is like out of control. That's pretty much gone from top ten player in the world, top five player in the
1: world last year at United and what he was doing to finished. I, I, I But what's, what's the motivation of them, you know, hanging on to him and putting him on the bench and, and all that? Like, what's Ten Hag's thought process there? Well, is, I actually,
0: he... I actually blame him a bit. In the, like, he wanted to, Ronaldo was very cold towards him getting signed from the get-go. Um, so, I thought it was going to be a interesting, the relationship. But, um, for him to want out and then take, uh, say he's part of our plans, he's a big part of our plans, he's part of this team then to just bench him and then do what he did to him in the 87th minute, say he's coming on. And then Ronaldo's like, Are you for real? Like, the game's finished. Why am I coming on for three minutes? And that was like the whole walk-off saga. It was the begin, beginning of the end. Ronaldo's probably more to blame over the course of it. But Ten Hag does have a big a big part to answer to because he's coming into the football club. I understand he's got a system. And he's saying that this player fits And When we all know, watching Ajax play, that Ronaldo does not fit that system, which is a very much attacking unit. Ronaldo can defend when he chooses to defend at a high level, mind you. But when he chooses to, he's very much like LeBron James at that point in his career. Um, but. He's more attacking, so when everyone's dropping back on ball to defend, to then counter attack or play a system to win the ball back within six passes, for example, Ronaldo's not really the guy to win it back within that certain pass range, I guess. But I'm with you when he's on, he's on, he can win it again. So
1: if I'm, yeah, with... I mean, I'm just he's if had I'm... like six coaches. In recent memory. Um, yeah, we had Sari, then Bilwell, then Allegri, then he's gone to, who was before Ragnick? Solskjaer, Ragnick, Solskjaer, Ragnick, Ten Hag. Six coaches in such a short period of time. It, it makes me think that they, they just oh, they I can't, can't he, handle it. Kevin,
0: if you count Carrick when he was interim coach while we we're trying to find
1: Ragnick. <laughs> That's a lot of coaches to go through um, in a very short period of time. He just probably feels so unsettled. I I can understand that, but also I can understand the coaches don't know how to deal with someone like him. You almost need an Ancelotti or a a Guardiola or something like that to manage that type of player because he's going to go, mate, I'm starting and if they go, you sitting on the bench, Ronaldo. It's gonna go. Who, who are you, mate? Who are you? Who are you the, to the put problem, me on the bench? The, pro- the problem is, like,
0: <laughs> you, you can't say that players are bigger than clubs. But the problem is with Ronaldo. I you can argue that he is bigger than f- football to an extent. Like him and
1: Messi, they they just five hundred million Instagram followers just now.
0: <laughs> I know he's probably worth more because all of these are. Uh, Side deals with all the shakes in Dubai, is probably actually worth more than the Man United football club. Like you don't, buy know. It <laughs> you actually don't know. Just imagine he buy. that would be so funny. Buys it, boots out Ten Hag tomorrow. That'd be fucking a piss up. Just imagine he did that. Anyway, it's wait. It's a wait and see. Uh, I think he now goes into this tournament. Going, I have to put my best foot forward because if I don't, I'm not playing anywhere in January, let alone a Champions League team.
1: So, you, you could, know, dominate. He said, you actually could uh, dominate. That Portugal team could, could mix it up as well, having him in there, you know, just motivated, ready to go. Like, I'm so excited for that Portugal team. So excited. <laughs>
0: Saucy and I said in the preview that Ronaldo like if he's firing it's all well and good but he's not the he's not the difference. If Liao can form put together the form that he's had in Serie and bring it to the World Cup and bring it alongside Ronaldo
1: and Bernardo Silva up front there in that three pronged attack. Um knock knocking in ball storm for sure.
0: Pretty worrying. Joe
1: Felix. Yeah.
0: Pretty good team.
1: He's a very good team. Very, very good team. So, anyway. Very
0: nice. I think we've completed 40 minutes, and then rightly so. <laughs> the great man's back. He's, uh, he's he jumped on. and Thank you so much for doing it, uh, for joining me. Saucy had some other commitments, but we're going to make sure, obviously, we get more frequently. Um, done in this uh Azure
1: Euro type format, which was epic during the Euros. Last time, I loved it last time, and, and what you guys are doing is, is awesome. So, whenever you need me, I'm I'm happy to jump on and, and chat the world game. I absolutely love it. So, happy That's to keep it going. Beautiful, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you,
0: everyone, for joining. Uh, and peace. We'll catch you up tomorrow.